I think when I first started out in my career, I, it was very important for me to identify with my work, which is not uncommon, certainly. But God calls us to be not only providers, but protectors, priests, and presiders over our family. Welcome to the Strategic Families Podcast, where we challenge families to be rooted in God's Word, energized with gospel-centered purpose, and activated on mission for His kingdom. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Strategic Families Podcast. This is Graham Clark here with episode 1.09. And today we're going to interview my buddy David Vrone, who is just an awesome man of God. He and his wife Becky are a powerhouse couple in our church, Stonebridge Church community in Charlotte. David leads the men's ministry and does a fantastic job with that. And so he's got a lot of passion around helping men step up to be the men that God has called us to be. But this episode isn't just for men. This is a good one for wives also to know how to call their men up into the responsibilities that God has given us. All right, let's roll it. Well, I am very excited to introduce to you my buddy, David Vrone. David, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Graham. Appreciate the opportunity. David, I'm so glad that you and I have got to know each other over the past year or two years at Stonebridge Church Community here in Charlotte. Just by way of introduction, why don't you tell us who you are, where you live, where you grew up, how many kids you have, all that good stuff. Well, first of all, thanks, Graham. Thanks again for the invite. Uh, it's really great to see you taking on this role and responsibility of being a strategic father and a strategic promoting strategic families. So I really appreciate that. So my uh, background is uh, grew up in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Born and raised there. Was a was one of four boys to a loving family, mom and dad intact. I took that for granted, but I don't take that lightly anymore in this day and age. So born and raised there. I was the second of uh, four boys. We had a wonderful uh, opportunity to grow up in a Christian family where my, my parents were, uh, raised us in the faith. My grandparents were, were believers, my great-grandparents. So we had generational Christianity, which was really, really terrific. I didn't really know that, and I didn't appreciate that when I was growing up because when you were in Grand Rapids, it's kind of like, well, that's just what everybody does there. So you're all grow up and you have a lot of family members around and you have generational Christianity. So I kind of took that for granted. But when we moved down here, in Charlotte, North Carolina in 1995, we were actually involved with a life group. And uh, one of the life group members actually said to us that they were first generation Christians. And when they went home to for Christmas, they were berated by their family members for celebrating Christmas. And it hit me right between the eyes to say, wow, we really are blessed to have that generational Christianity upbringing, where it's a time that I didn't know who Jesus Christ was. So it was really, really terrific. Very blessed to have that. And I met my lovely wife, Becky, of 37 years, actually today. So uh, we met at Kelvin College, and we had very, very similar values and a very similar uh, upbringing. So we really uh, bonded well as husband and wife, and we've been blessed for 37 years. We have four children, four adult children, uh, one son, 34, one daughter, 32, one daughter, 30, and one daughter, 26. Uh, they are all married. Uh, three of them have children. One got married last year, 26-year-old in the midst of COVID. Uh, five grandchildren with one more on the way. One is due in, in December. Uh, and they all live relatively close by. One is about an hour away. One is about four-tenths of a mile away. <laughs> One's 20 minutes away, and one is down in Charleston. That is excellent. I, I love how you have, it seems like, grown in the appreciation of how amazing it is to have 
generations of faithfulness. What a cool testimony of how the Lord uses parents and grandparents to pass the faith to their children. And of course, we are all about that here on the Strategic Families Podcast. And that leads really well into the next question that I wanted to ask you was just, you know, you're, you and Becky are empty nesters now, mm-hmm. uh, as you mentioned, and you've run the race of, of parenting faithfully. And that's one of the reasons that I wanted to bring you on. Take us back, David, to 25, 30 years ago when you guys were just starting out with kids, young family. What was important to you and Becky about passing on your faith? How did you engage your kids? You know, things like teaching God's word to them, service projects. I know you had mentioned to me and my wife, Katie, you guys mentioned to us a few weeks ago about how you involved your kids in service at the church. And I just, I loved that story. I love that rhythm. So I was wondering if you could just talk to us about that, what that looked like in your family. Oh yeah. Thanks. That's, that's, that's great. Well, that was really, really important to us. We both grew up in families that served and uh, gave, really gave themselves away. We, we never knew a time where we just weren't plugged into something. We, after church on Sundays, my parents would invite people over. After church, uh, we would get involved with service projects. My dad was a deacon, so I saw him as I was growing up, you know, getting involved with mercy ministries, helping people in need, taking care of the finances of the church. My mom was a nurse, and right, you know, just from that point, you know, she's so, that's such a nurturing thing, always always uh, serving other people, putting, you know, putting other people before her. And uh, that was just kind of a mindset in our, in our, in our family growing up. And then that really was the same with Becky, uh, with her parents. And when we, when we got married, uh, it was just kind of a, we just unconsciously did it, you know, it was just something that we did in our life. And when the kids came along, actually, um, I didn't think I was ready to be a real quick here. I didn't think I was ready to be a dad. I took my role as a dad really seriously. And I still do. But I don't think I was ready to be a dad till I was to my fourth child. I just didn't feel I was ready to be a dad. I didn't feel like I had what it took, you know, had what it took to do to do that. And um, anyway, by God's grace, um, the kids turned out pretty pretty well. But we instilled a lot of uh, just a lot of when the kids were younger. I mean, Becky did gems. It was like a little, and I and uh, I did like cadets, and it was a kind of a, a, a Christian version of Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts at our church. And I remember Becky would take the kids and, you know, we, we just take them along, you know, we just be part of it. Or we had to go to church and we'd have to set chairs up and I'm a six, seven year old son. It's like, Hey, we're going to set some chairs up at church. So let's go. And then it's just, that's all we really kind of all we, all he knew. And that was just um, look for opportunities where we could serve and, and be part of something bigger than ourselves and uh, you know, look outwardly versus inwardly. And that, that really helped a lot with just in raising those kids up. That's excellent. Well, I know you said that it happened unconsciously, but it also comes from a life of intention. You know, you and Becky wanted to raise your kids to know and love the Lord and, you know, service to the Lord is part of that. And I love that you guys just brought them along with you. And so they sort of learn by doing, I mean, you know, in a way, I think you could consider that an element of discipleship, which is really cool. And if I had a chance to talk to your kids, I'm sure they would, they would have great stories to share about that. So well, this is a good tie, what you mentioned about being a father and not feeling ready to be a father. I think that's a really common thing for young men. And I wanted to tie that into 
your work with the men's ministry at Stonebridge. I know that's a passion of yours and you do it so well. I'm so thankful to be involved with it. Could you just talk to us about why you got involved in men's ministry? Why you think men's ministry is so important in the life of a church? Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it is passionate for me. I'm uh, hopefully purposeful with it. I've got a good group of guys right now. And uh, I started that back in 95, not started as being a leader, but just being involved with it. And we had 40 or 50 guys back then. So we had a great group of guys, didn't have a whole lot of intentionality maybe and, and purpose and direction. So over the course of time, you know, God's coalesced that and brought it together. But I just believe that the men's men and being a man is uh, a privilege and responsibility. And what better way to convey that and be purposeful with that than to get involved with a group of guys who are looking to head in the same direction, be godly men, first of all, be godly husbands, be godly fathers, be godly community leaders and churchgoers, and not, not just churchgoers, but church being involved with church. So one of the things we talk about in our men's ministry is that the the men are the rebar of the church, right? So we look at that foundationally. <laughs> so we love to say that little phrase. I like that. Um, really important. So yeah, growing up, it was really important to me. I had a great example of as a father. And of course, uh, our ultimate heavenly father is the, you know, the best example of all. So um, it's just really important to me to um, convey that and help other guys move along on that journey. The older I get, the more I see that a lot of guys perhaps didn't have a good uh, a father. You know, they maybe had a father who was there, but who was distant or maybe who was demanding, you know, kind of a uh, authoritarian type father, maybe who was involved, but didn't really have a vision for his family. And I'm just so, you know, I just so I'm such a believer of having uh, being involved dad and having a strategic direction and a purpose for your family. And um, I'd love, love to convey that and share that and, uh, you know, challenge guys to move in that direction as well. That's a fantastic point. We need, I think we can, we can all agree. We need men to step up and, you know, take the rightful role that, that God has given us, you know, yeah. the, the servant leadership of our families and, you know, loving our wives as Christ loved the church and just such a, such a great responsibility and privilege. I love that you pointed that out. I wonder, David, if you could talk to us just in your experience in men's ministry, and, and obviously we're going to tie this into family, the Strategic Families podcast, and, and you touched on it a little bit, but if we can just dive in there a little bit more. But the challenges that young men face, especially young men who are raising their families right now, you know, we talked before we started the interview just about how difficult it can be to manage all of the challenges and the needs that a young man has. You know, there's there's work, there's uh, extracurricular stuff, you know, kids' sports, there's marriage, there's relationship with your kids, you know, involvement in the church. I mean, it's a lot. And sometimes men might feel like, I don't even know where to start, you know, and may just kind of get lost in the shuffle. And so what if you could just talk about some of those challenges that men face and then what has been your approach to encourage guys who are who are in that stage of life? That's a great question. I think when I first started out in my career, I, it was very important for me to identify with my work, which is not uncommon, certainly, but God calls us to be not only providers, but protectors, priests, and presiders over our family. And I think that I was pretty heavily skewed in the provision piece. And that's not uncommon for guys. Guys get a lot of their worth and value and identity. And um, they want to climb that corporate ladder. They want to be uh, validated at work. 
And uh, that can, you know, that can go to your head pretty quick, especially if you're good at something, right? You're good at it. I think it's really from a the question, but young, young families uh, is just the, I use, I'm going to use the word balance here, but, you know, I left it all in the field at work. You know, I would come home and I, I was pretty emotionally and mentally drained. And uh, some days I was just kind of there physically for the kids, but I surely wasn't there spiritually or mentally or emotionally there for them. So, um, you know, that took a, took its toll. Becky was very good. Thankfully she was an at-home mom at that point in time, which really helped, but you know, she had some good words with me about making sure that I left something in the tank for the kids. So what I I started to do was I had a baseball hat in my car and I would take that baseball hat and I would put it on and drive home with it. And then when I take, when I got home, I would take that baseball hat off and I would, it would be like putting another baseball hat on. So, okay, my work hat is off. Now my, my So it was a really good, reminder, really good reminder for me to just leave that, leave the work at work. And then, yeah. uh, so I think you got to do some visual the guys are very visually oriented. So something sure. like that to help them understand that, Hey, there's, um, there's a time for work, but there's also a time to invest into your children. And, and I'm just so glad that, that I was able to invest in my children mm. and that it wasn't a detriment uh, to my career. Uh, may have been, but I didn't, I didn't see it that way because my, the, the kids, and their futures and their spiritual growth and advancement is going to be much more important than any sort of mm. career move that I could make. So that's just a great idea. I mean, the, the tangible reminder of I've got this hat on now I'm changing hats. And, you know, that is what we have to do as young men, you know, go through life, you know, putting on different hats and it can be challenging to know <laughs> sometimes to know which hat you've got on. But I, I love that example that you provided, you know, investing in your kids, like that's just not something that you'll ever regret as a dad. And when right. you, you step into that and realize that it is, you know, it's our call as men, as, as fathers and husbands to invest in our wives, to invest in our kids. What was it for you? Do you think, I mean, maybe it wasn't a moment, maybe it was over time, but where do you think it, it started to click for you that like, okay, this is my calling and not just, this is my calling, but like, this is what I want to do. This is fulfilling as a dad. First of all, I love, I love family. I love the family unit. I love the way God designed family, how he ordained family to be procreate and flourish. Um, So that was really ingrained in me and and, in my family and upbringing. So that was, that's always been very important to me. So, and I, I guess I had a mindset too of saying, I don't want to let the family down by putting too much of my time and effort into my into my career because my friend Russell called you be a hero to strangers right <laughs> and uh, then your kids end up not knowing you and um, you know after a while you get involved with travel uh, you get involved with uh, different things at work and things like that and after a while your 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 family starts to function without you right. And that's, that's on very unhealthy. And after a while you, you're kind of inserting yourself in the family versus leading your family. So I, yeah, that's very, that make sure you safeguard yourself against that guys. So, yeah. But I think that's when you talk about presiding over your family, you know, God calls to be the authorities, uh, uh, authority in our family to live under his authority, first of all, but also to be the authority in the family. And that's not to, you know, rule an iron fist, certainly, but, you know, to be authoritative, like, hey, dad's in charge, dad loves mom well, uh, and and mom and dad love the kids well. So I think that's very, very important. So, um, and that was just, 
part of our makeup when we grew up and we love the kids and um, we love being together with them and we wanted to make sure there was some good quality time together. Mm. A couple of things you said just reminded me of, you know, stories I've heard or things I've heard in the past. I remember one guy was given a devotion one time and he was, I think he was like a, a pastor to senators. And he said, you know, there's all these guys that are like hugely important to their colleagues and they're just a joke at home. And I remember that just struck me, that thought of like, man, I never want to be that guy who's really important in my career, but not important at all at home, just kind of like a yeah. footnote, <laughs> you know, at home. And uh, yeah. how sad would that be? And I, I love what you said about, you know, just male headship and, of course, like not an iron fist. I mean, in fact, you know, Ephesians 5, like we're called to lay down our lives for our wives. Right. You know, that's the kind of leadership that the Bible endorses and uh yeah what a great call to men to step into that role in loving you know service to our wives and our families and that only happens when we dive in and we're there and we're actively involved and so i love that you are encouraging guys to do that and that you did that in your own family yeah i think it's important to just to, to, you know to, to find ways to serve your wife in front of your kids and not to do it in a braggadocious way or whatever but just to show and model that behavior. We talk about, you know, more is caught than taught. We always talk about that. You know, it's, hey, honey, you know, I complimented Becky all the time on, hey, great meal. Uh, how can I empty the dishwasher? How can I clean the table? You know, how can I clean up after? Just things that you just acts of service and just to sure. say, your wife's not here to just to serve you and be short order cook. You know, we're part That's of the right. family. Here, so we want to make sure the kids get that as well. So we right. make sure kids made sure they thank mom every night after the meal was done. They, they took turns clearing the table, putting the dishwasher, emptying the dishwasher, or clean, putting the things in the dishwasher, cleaning up. So, and also helped with some of the meals when they got older, they helped with some meal prep. So that was really great. Yeah. That's excellent. Yeah. They pick that stuff up. You know, our kids are watching <laughs> whether we think they are or not, they are watching and they're picking things up and they might not be able to communicate verbally what they're learning, but they are absolutely learning by our example. Either way, you know, whether we're providing yeah. a good example or not, they're learning, they're picking it up. So yeah, great encouragement, great challenge there. Yeah. I always made my, I make sure I give my, my wife a little kiss and a hug in front of the kids sure. too. And, uh, you know, of course they sure. start and, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say that my 12 year old son, that's his favorite thing on earth is to, to see me kiss my wife. No, I'm kidding. You know, that's what we talk about in charting a course, the course that we do for couples. We we talk about, you know, there's no there's no better gift that you can give your kids than to love their mom. Um, what a what a great calling. David, I wonder if you could give us a, a an encouragement, a challenge to men. It could be both, but what would you say to you know, say we've got some young guys listening to this and they they think, yeah, man, that sounds like me career is tough and having to work late sometimes maybe having to travel and man just trying to think about leading my family on top of it you know it's you know maybe their wife is more the logistical person and they just kind of feel like they're an add-on and they want to take you know a role that's more active and and a leadership role and be intentional and all that what would be your challenge and where could they where could they start and and how could they you know sort of push this forward that's great. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, for a good good question. Um, for young, I think for me as a young dad, I really always wanted to keep my values, you know, in perspective. What was I really trying to accomplish? Am I trying to become, you know, a CEO? Am I trying to get to the next mm -hmm. ladder? 
Uh, am I trying to impress the, uh, you know, those at work or even at church to some degree? I was a deacon very young. And, you know, those were challenges too. Gosh, you know, this is, you, know, you get uh, some accolades as a young deacon and, you know, you, they get asked to put on a couple of committees and commissions and things like that. And mm-hmm. you know, that's very flattering, but it's also time consuming. So you have to make sure that, you know, your time, the time that you have is only is finite. So you got to make mm-hmm. sure that you're investing, I don't say even spending it, but investing it in the right way. So sure. I would just say to young dads, take a look at where you're investing your time. First of all, invest it with the Lord as soon as, 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 as early as possible in the course of your day. I call it the rudder of the day. If you can get your time with the Lord and kind of set your, set your course for the day is so important. And that really helps to get your, uh, keep your perspective and values in line. And then just ask yourself the questions when you're asked things to, you know, for, um, you know, for advancement opportunities or for ways to, to possibly get ahead and move your career, you know, what's the impact going to be? And are you ready to, are you ready to, um, uh, to take on that uh, responsibility? And what's the, what's the downside? You get advancements or you get a, a promotion. A lot of times they don't talk about the downside, what it's going to prove to your family uh, how much more travel it's going to be, how much more temptation you're going to see out there, you're in a hotel room at night. So you just got to be careful of all that stuff. And you got to know that there's downsides to all that. So my challenge would be just get some good wise counsel around you, get some good solid, a band of brothers, some guys who are moving in the same direction, have some great godly input um, and can, and can just challenge you on that sort of thing and can kick you in the butt if you need to, and to challenge you and encourage you pray with you because uh, you know, some of those life decisions will change the trajectory of your life forever. Mm. So make sure you're very, very sure where you're headed with that. Yeah, that's great. I think you're absolutely right that a lot of times we don't consider the, the other side of the ledger, so to speak, we might see the money or the title or, you know, the promotion or whatever, and not think about what it might do to a family. I remember there's a, a friend of mine a couple of years ago made a career move basically taking a step back. And I was just so moved by it that I, I, you know, I sent him an email later and I said, man, you know, you will never regret this because he, he did it. I think in large part to focus on his family. And I was just like, you know, like, that's just, you are doing the right thing and you'll never regret this. I'm so proud of you. You know, it's just a cool moment. I, I, I love when I see dads do that uh, because the world does not, teach us to do that it teaches us to make as much money as possible and you know let the cards fall where they, the chips fall where they may there's there's nothing wrong with career advancement it's just that right. sometimes we don't count the cost of it so That's i'm really glad you pointed that out yeah and it's really god honoring too you want to make those decisions and, and sometimes like you said that career advancement might be a great move but it's got to be a god honoring move mm. and not to be a detriment of your family and if yeah. it is season like, hey i'm going to do a little bit of traveling early on but once you open that barn door with regards to working the 60, 50, 60 hour a week, you know, you're working, you're, 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 you're leaving on, Oh gosh, got a meeting Monday morning. Oh gosh, we gotta leave on Sunday night. Now you start up, you do that one time or you start answering those emails on Saturday and Sunday, you know, you, you've have, you've opened a door that is very difficult to close. So you be very, very careful on how you handle that stuff. Yep. That's absolutely right. The other point I wanted to make too is that as far as your career about talking with young guys, as I said, God puts us in a rhythm, uh, a six day rhythm. And the seventh day is a day of rest. And I think when 
this, what I'm seeing is this younger generation is they run seven days a week. And I don't think it's, it's healthy for guys to do that or families to do that because it doesn't allow God to speak into your life and for you allow, allow you to be rejuvenated and refreshed right. for God to speak into your life and for you to seek God out. Because if you're just running from one seven day work week to the next, it's very difficult to hear God's voice and to see yep. where he wants you to be. Yeah, that's a great point. Great point. Well, I want to <clears throat> touch on quickly something that you mentioned. You mentioned getting a mentor, someone to you know kind of coach you through some of these decisions. And I wonder if you could just touch on radical mentoring for a second. Just a fantastic ministry. We've done it at Stonebridge. I'd love to sort of give them a plug and put their website up there. Um, can you talk about the just how you've seen the Lord move through radical mentoring? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so radical mentoring really is set up by a, it was set up by named Reggie Campbell. He died a couple of years ago, uh, but he really had a mindset and a, a, a vision to take five to seven guys who are younger and team them up with some older, more experienced guys, maybe in the 50s, 60s, couple of year, couple of generations ahead who've had success, failures, experiences, life lessons that they really can pour into guys over a course of a season. And we start typically in January and end up in, in October. And they meet once a month. We, we go through a book. And we also have two or three memory verses that we uh, are expecting these guys to memorize every month. And that's not just for the sake of memorization. That's so they can apply it to their lives. Sure. In the course of their conversations and the course of their decision-making. So, and then we meet with the guys once a month too. So we, we, te- we, we have a conversation uh, with them once a month and that conversation, but we have a, a three hour meeting. And then we also have a time where we can actually meet with them during the course of the month too, to talk about what they've uh, learned and how they can apply to their lives. So mm. really, really meaningful. Yeah. It's really, well, it's kind of, it's not for everybody. It's a, it's a pretty, it's a commitment. It's a, you know, hard commit once a month. Some guys have a season of life where they're not able to do it. Some guys are really ready to do it. So yeah, it's really been true. And we're looking for guys to be able to take them to the next level in either church leadership or family leadership, lead life groups, be more invested in their, in their, in their lives at, at home, uh, things like that. So depends on where God calls them, but it's really, it's really been great. That's great. Yeah. I remember when you guys talked about that at the men's retreat a couple of years ago and you had the guys stand up there and just talk about what it had meant to them. So I know it's an impactful ministry and what I love about it. I mean, I know you guys cover a lot of different topics, but you know, for our purposes here on the podcast, I love how, you know, radical mentoring can be used to help young men be the fathers and husbands that God has called us to be. And sometimes we need, I mean, not just sometimes, I think all young men need some help in this regard. We need someone who's been there, done that, who can say, hey, you know, here are the things that I wrestled with, and these are the lessons that God taught me, and you guys can pass that along to to these young men, and I, I just think it's fantastic. So keep up that great work. I think it'll be God will use it and is using it um, to to strengthen families. And um, that's just, that's awesome. David, another thing that I wanted to ask you is, is I was thinking about wives. So, you know, some of our listeners will be dads uh, and husbands and some will be wives and moms. And, you know, they might be listening to this thinking like, oh man, I'd, I'd love for my husband to listen to this, but maybe he's not going to listen to it. So what would you, what would your message be to those wives? Let's say they're, you know, their, their husband is, you know, is really wrapped up at work and just not very involved in the home or, you know, just marginally involved or whatever, what would be your message to them on how they can 
you know, sort of call their husbands to, you know, in an empowering way, not, you know, of course, not in a, in a way that makes them feel beat down or anything, but just in an empowering way to, to step up into the role that God has called us to as men. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things we use at, in radical mentoring too, is instead of calling men out, we like to call men up mm. to the, the man that God called them to be. Excellent. A lot of people can call you out and, you know, wag the finger. And um, I think that's really important that we make those two distinctions because, you know, guys, um, we all know that the, you know, the men need respect and the women need love. And I think men need to be certainly feel appreciated and to know that they are working hard and that they are providing, but it's also important for the, the wives to um, call them up to say, Hey, you, you know, you're a terrific dad too. And I'd love to see, you spend more or invest more time in the kids um, because they, they do really need you and uh, leave, you know, leave something left in the tank. And those are conversations you have either, you know, maybe over a glass of wine or you have a, a you know, at night when the kids are in bed or a date night or a walk, taking the dogs for a walk. But it has to be at a right time too, because guys need to be receptive to hearing what the wives have to say. Right. So I guess the worst thing you can do is start, if the, when the dads are walking in, the husbands are walking in at the end of the day, the women are good at this. They know how to strategically pit things. <laughs> but uh, to call the men up to be the godly men, call them. Sure. And when they, when they do see the, the husbands doing something well, um, encouraging the kids, playing with the kids well, you know, I used to take Charlie to the Home Depot and we just wanted the tool crib and just, you know, just stuff like that. And, and Becky would say, yeah, it's just, it's just so encouraging to see you spend some time with your son and, just so meaningful to him, I'm sure. And so like that, when you can appreciate and call him up to be and encourage him to be the man God called him to be. Yeah. I really like that. Call them, call them up. That's great. Like you mentioned, we need to be receptive to that. I know sometimes my first response is just defensiveness. You know, it's like, well, I do this and I do that. And our wives are helping us. And sometimes we resist it because we want to just defend our own, you know, our own actions. And I think there's a lot of human slash sin nature there, but just to be receptive is so huge. And to admit that, yeah, we, we may have some blind spots. I mean, Katie, you know, from time to time, she'll say, Hey, you know, I think it, I think it would be important for you to spend time with this kid or that kid. And um, man, it's so helpful. And when we do that, when we, invest that one-on-one time, or maybe it's one-on-two time. I mean, I, I had a time with, you know, we've got three daughters and I, there's another, uh, a dad friend of mine who's got three daughters and we had a daddy daughter date with them. And it was just, it was great. And uh, I just love how wives can call their husbands up to the responsibilities that God has given them. So fantastic. One more real quick thing too. I think it's important for, for husbands to appreciate their wives. You know, if you can set up a date night once a month, for example, uh, where you actually are working on getting the babysitter, scheduling the babysitter to come over or picking them up, make a arrangement at a restaurant or a place where you want to go to take the initiative and do that. I think is so important for the wives to see that. So it's, this, it makes the whole night completely different. Um, set that up. So, um, and that's what God, I think men call, are called to do that too. We're the, the, called to be the leaders. We can go passive pretty easily because the wives, you know, they see that something's not getting done. They're, you know, they, they're going to, they're going to take, pick up the ball and run with it. So, um, and sometimes we as men are pretty good about 
allowing them to do that and becoming passive. So we got to be careful of that as well. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, my wife is a natural leader and if she sees a void, she will step in because <laughs> somebody needs to handle it. And so that's been a challenge for me. And, you know, she, she lovingly calls me up um, all the time, which is such a blessing and such a gift. So thank you for that encouragement for wives. I think that's great. This is going to be our last question, David. I wonder if you could share a scripture or two that has really, you know, meant a lot to you and Becky as you've parented and a scripture that can encourage some of our families listening. Yeah, I think it's probably going to be a simple one, but I'm a a pretty simple guy when it's all said and done. So, you know, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. So that is so important to trust not only in your, not in yourself, but in the Lord. So that's living under the authority, uh, leaning on our own understandings. To your point, we ha- have blind spots and we have a worldly understanding a lot of times. So we have to be in God's word and to have good guys around us to help us point us in the right direction. In all our ways, acknowledge him. Nothing comes from our hands. Nothing is from our doing, really. It's all because of uh, God's grace and mercy with us. So that keeps us humble. And he'll direct our path. So whether that's career, whether that's family, whether that's marriage, whether that's finances, where you're going to move, where you're going to live, just acknowledge him. He'll direct your paths in that direction. So I've just used that as a marker. And that's great because all the, no matter what stage of your life you're in, where your kids are going, where they're headed, you know, if they're going to summer camp, if they're going to college, if they're going on a vacation with another, another family or something, you know, you can use that verse uh, with regards to a lot of different things that's so applicable. So I just love that one. It's an easy one to remember, but also a great one to apply. Absolutely. That's awesome. Thank you. That's one that is rightfully up on our walls Yes, <laughs> in our homes. All right. Well, David, I think that'll do it. Thank you so much. What a privilege to hear from you and hear how the Lord has worked in you and in your family and marriage over the years. And thank you for what you're doing to encourage young men to step up and be the men that he's called us to be and, you know, lead our families well. Thank you so much. Thank you, Graham. Appreciate the time. Thank you so much, David. What a blessing to hear from folks like you who don't just talk the talk, but who have really walked the walk. It's such a blessing to those of us who still have kids in the home, and your faithfulness is just really evident and awesome. So thank you so much. Well, check us out on strategicfamilies.com. We'd love to see you there and provide some resources to you, and we'd love to hear from you as you strive to create a strategic family by God's grace for His kingdom and His glory. All right, let's do it. We'll see you next time.